January 3rd, 1978, the Portland Trailblazers made an historic comeback against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, with 13 seconds left, the Blazers were down 90 to 86. Many of the fans were already filing out of Memorial Coliseum. This is before the Rose Garden was built. They were disgusted with the Blazers' play. Then on the next play, Bill Walton shuffled the ball to Maurice Lucas, who scored with two seconds left. The Bulls inbounded the next play, and Lionel Holland stole it and scored, 90-90. to Then the Bulls came down the court, and with two seconds left, Dave Torzik stole it, passed it to Hollins, and he scored final score, Blazers 92, Bulls 90. It's a perfect example of the game's not over till the game's over. Uh, You can't predict the final score using first-half stats. And what's true in sports is true in life. Life's not over till it's over. There are people who spend a lifetime doing good and never get much recognition in this world. There are other people who seem to get away with murder, and they never seem to face any punishment. We really don't know the final score until we will stand before God on Judgment Day. Uh, This is the second in a series of messages called Choices Matter, the Laws of Consequences. We don't talk about consequences much in the church. We talk a lot about when we do bad, we can ask God for forgiveness and get forgiveness. But we don't often talk about the consequences of our choices. Last week, we talked about the first law of consequences. We reap what we sow. Choices have consequences. You sow corn, you reap corn. You sow love, you reap love. You sow discord, you reap discord. You're critical of other people, other people will be critical of you. In this series, I want to help you, whether you're a teenager all the way up to a grandparent, to make better decisions with fewer regrets. Today, I want to talk about a second law of consequences. We reap in a different season. There is a delay between choices and consequences. Here's our text. Apostle Paul in Galatians 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest, if we do not give up. Paul says, don't become weary in doing good, because at the proper time, you will reap a harvest. The harvest will come at the proper time. It won't come immediately. Farmers understand this principle. Farmers do not plant wheat and expect to harvest it the next day. They plant wheat in the fall and its roots begin to grow down, begin to spread out during the winter. It lays in a semi-dormant stage. The roots continue to spread It breaks out of the ground in the spring and then is harvested in the summer. 
A failure to understand the delay between choices and consequences has fooled many of us. People have said to me, Ron, I know I'm not doing what you've taught. I'm not doing what God teaches. But it doesn't matter. God's still blessing me. Solomon writes, When the sentence for a crime is not quickly carried out, people's hearts are filled with schemes to do wrong. When there's a delay between choices, people think there are no consequences. When states stop prosecuting what they call small crimes, what happens? Crime increases every time. There is a delay in this case between government decisions and the results. Other people have said to me, I tried the Christian life. It didn't work for me. I tried all that stuff. Maybe you're not a follower of Christ, and this is the way you feel. What we fail to understand is the principle we're considering today. We reap in a different season. There's a delay between choices and consequences. Years ago, government leaders made decisions to farm out much of our manufacturing to other countries. We're in a global economy, they said. In a sense, they were right. We are in a global economy. Countries export and import from to and from countries all around the world. But they didn't foresee some of the negative consequences. They didn't foresee uh, the, the coronavirus pandemic in which many countries stopped exporting to the United States because they had to keep medical supplies and pharmaceuticals for their own countries. During this pandemic, China threatened to stop sending medicines to the United States. Just like when we used to be dependent on OPEC for oil, and our leader says, we have got to become independent in energy. And now we've achieved that. Now we've realized that we have to bring back essential manufacturing, like medical supplies and pharmaceuticals. It's not wise to not be independent. Only in the last few weeks have we seen the negative consequences of decisions we made years ago. We reap in a different season. There's a delay between choices and consequences. Like we said last week, there are two implications of this principle, one positive and one negative. Here's the positive implication. Doing good pays in the long run. Don't become weary in doing good. It pays in the long run. Discouragement causes many of us to become weary in doing good. Maybe the coronavirus has discouraged you. Your business was just doing great, and then overnight it stopped. Or maybe you lost your job. Maybe you're involved in some ministry, but lately the results have not been great. And you're getting discouraged. Or maybe you've been trying to love your mate, but you don't feel like there's much love coming back. Possibly you're a mom who's given her life to her kids, but lately they've been rebelling and acting like they hate you. You figure, why bother? Don't give up. Bear Grylls is a former 
a British SAS officer. He's a strong Christian. He's best known for his uh, TV show, Man vs. Wild. He says the toughest thing that he ever did was making it into the British Special Forces. He said the first time he tried, he failed. The second time he tried, there were, they started with 90 recruits. And they got them whittled down to the final 18. And they came hiking over the Welsh mountains and they saw below the trucks, which meant food and comfort and sleep. And when they got there, the trucks left. They said, we'll meet you on the other side of the mountain. All these guys were devastated. They were exhausted. Six of them threw down their backpacks and said, I quit. Twelve of them started hiking back to the other side of the mountain. They'd only gone maybe 200 meters when the trucks came back and picked them up. Those final 12 were the ones who made it into the special forces. They didn't give up. Look at our text again. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. It's a promise from God. Do you believe it? The writer to the Hebrews, verse, chapter 11, verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Do you believe that God earnestly rewards those who believe he exists and seek him? The psalmist writes, Psalm 1, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Do you believe that? Do you believe it's worth your while to spend some time every day in God's Word, meditating on it, thinking about it, and praying? Do you believe that it pays to do good? Ann Kimmel, in her book, I'm Out to Save My World, tells about during her middle school years, saying to her dad, Dad, why does it pay to serve Jesus? And her dad would always answer, hang in there. It pays. And she'd get up sometimes in the morning and say, I don't want to go to school. It's boring. I hate it. And her mom would push her out the door with her brother and sister and say, don't you kids know that life is made up of ordinary days? Ordinary days when people aren't going to pat you on the back for getting on the bus and going to school. They're not going to praise you for doing your homework and turning it in. They're not going to say good things about you for, for working hard. Most of life is made up of ordinary days. You have to Make the most of your ordinary days if you're ever going to have big moments. Life is made up of ordinary days. And we have to work hard on those days. 
do not grow weary in doing good and obeying Christ on ordinary days. So if it pays to do good, where do you start? Well, the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 6, verse 10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Paul says we're supposed to do good to all people, but especially to the family of believers. We start with fellow believers, not because we don't care about non-believers, and not because Christians are more valuable. First century Christians in Jerusalem were persecuted. The Jews tried to keep them from, Christians from getting jobs, tried to keep them out of commerce. Similar things happened without, throughout the, the, the Gentile church. Uh, the Romans and the Greeks persecuted Christians. So Paul knows that if Christians don't take care of fellow Christians, they'll be destitute. Furthermore, if Christians did not take care of their own, what motivation would there be for non-believers to want to join the church? Paul also suggests that we start with our family. He tells Timothy, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. A man loved his wife for 15 years without getting much of anything back. His wife had uh, a cerebral arteriosclerosis. It was chronic brain syndrome. When it started, she was 60 years old. She was a beautiful woman. She looked 10 years younger. But she began to you know, lose her memory and her ability to think. and um, But he never, uh, he would always take her out, take her to parties, take her to the relatives, and she, she might, you know, he'd introduce her uh, as his wife, and uh, she might say something that's, uh, you know, inappropriate to, to the moment, but he'd never say anything. No sign of embarrassment. He just treated her with the utmost respect. He took care of her by himself. The first five years. Then doctor says, you know, this isn't going to work anymore. She needs to be in a nursing home. For final ten years, he would visit her every day. Uh, if she was able, he would take her out in the car and they would, they would drive downtown. They lived in Little Rock, Arkansas. Or he would drive her to their farm. Or just drive her around and um, he would you know, take her to family gatherings, and uh, he never showed any embarrassment about things she said. Uh, he only showed her the utmost in love and respect. He never expressed any uh, sense of being upset about how costly her care was. He treated her with love all the way until her last day. That man got no reward for his treatment of his wife for her final 15 years. But when he stands before God, he will receive his reward. Doing good pays in the long run. We reap in a different season. There's a delay between choices 
and consequences. There's also a negative implication of this principle. Doing evil doesn't pay in the long run. We have things we say that indicate that we kind of all naturally understand this principle. What goes around comes around. Your past will come back to haunt you. You made your bed, now you have to lie in it. The Apostle Paul writes, Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. It seldom happens right away. There's usually a delay between choices and consequences. Let's look again at Solomon. Although a wicked person who commits a hundred crimes may live a long time, I know that it will go better with those who fear God, who are reverent before Him. Yet because the wicked do not fear God, it will not go well with them, and their days will not lengthen like a shadow. Solomon says a wicked person may live a long time, but in the long run, it will not be better for them. It will not go well. When we do wrong, it may seem like we're not facing negative consequences, but we need to remember that we reap in a different season. I think it's important to think of yourself uh, as being in a movie. Play the movie forward. How will this work out in the end if I keep doing this? What will be the result of this decision in a month or a year or 10 years or 25 years? Last week I told you that a number of years ago I went to preach in Romania to four different churches in different cities. While I was doing that, Jory was going through orphanages looking for a baby girl. We had five boys at the time, and she wanted a girl. And she saw babies in terrible conditions. There were over 100,000 children in these orphanages in Romania, and, and babies would be alone in their crib all day long, never be touched except for a, a caregiver quickly changing them, and then they feed them a bottle and prop them up against the corner so they can hold it themselves. She went to a, an orphanage that was, that was uh, designed for what they called the irrecoupables. They would be people that had, you know, mental deficiencies or disabilities. They figured they weren't worth anything. And she saw kids there walking outside in the cold, after dark, how could, how could there be children in our world today in such terrible conditions? How could that happen? Well, after World War II, the Romanian leaders adopted communism. Uh, Romania was already a poor country, but under communism, it became even poorer. When uh, Ceausescu came into power in 1965, He made a decree that all women must have five or more children. He wanted to build up his military. Well, the country was so poor that many parents couldn't afford to take care of their children, so they just dropped them off at orphanages. So they ended up with a situation with so many children in orphanages with uh, subhuman care because their leaders had adopted communism. Of, of embracing atheism and decided to no longer care about people. 
uh, through Kidspire, Jory has helped over 500 uh, parents adopt children in Russia, Kazakhstan, Tatarstan, and Romania. And she's helped over 500 parents adopt uh, children from Vietnam. One day, one day, Jory asked Eunice, uh, the vice president of Tatarstan, which do you think is better, communism or free economies? He said, all you have to do is look at Cuba and Hawaii. In 1959, Cuba and Hawaii were very similar. They both had beautiful weather, gorgeous beaches. They both had about the same economies. In 1959, Cuba adopted communism under Fidel Castro. That same year, Hawaii became the 50th state in the United States. Today, Cuba is just as poor as it was in 1959, maybe poorer. And Hawaii is booming. The decisions to become communist regimes led to terrible negative consequences for both Romania and Cuba and other countries like Venezuela. The results didn't become obvious immediately. They became evident over time. Sometimes when we do bad things and don't face any negative consequences, or other people do bad things and seem to do just fine, we question if there really are moral absolutes. Maybe there are no consequences for our choices. Why do consequences take so long to come about? Well, it certainly isn't because God doesn't care about sin. God takes sin very seriously. The delay in consequences is an expression of God's patience toward us. The Apostle Peter writes, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God delays the consequences between our bad choices, giving us time to return to Him. He's giving us a chance to turn back to Him. He gives us many wake-up calls to give us a chance to repent. Seasoned athletes know they have to play play hard until the end of a game. They know that a game can turn around quickly. Chicago Bulls learned that when they lost a four-point lead to the Blazers in the final 13 seconds of the game. The Blazers also learned that in the Western Conference Finals against the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, The Blazers were behind 3-1 in the series, and they forced uh, a Game 7 playoff. They got a huge lead. They were ahead by 15 points with 10 minutes and 28 seconds to go. And then Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal got hot, and the Blazers went cold. The Blazers ended up losing the game by five points. 20-point turnaround. You have to play the game to the end. Because you don't know the final score until the game is over. This truth that we have to play hard until the end of the game, and then maybe good things will happen, or if we stop, maybe bad things will happen, 
helps us in two ways. When we're prone to grow weary and give up, this truth keeps us going, assuring us that God will reward us. You make the choice to commit your life to Christ today, invite Him into your life, tell Him you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that He rose from the dead, and He will come in and bring you eternal life and a new start. You can count on it. The Apostle Paul tells us, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Doing good pays. God promises it. When we become proud and think we can get away with sin, this truth keeps us humble, warning us that negative consequences will come at some point if we stop doing good. We reap in a different season. There is a delay between choices and consequences. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So do not grow weary in doing good. Father, thank you for these four verses from the Apostle Paul that teach us about the laws of consequences, that our choices do have consequences, but we reap in a different season. There's a delay. So help us not be fooled by thinking there are no consequences to our bad decisions or no good things come from our good choices. I pray for those who are weary. They feel like giving up. Feel like their their efforts are not being rewarded. Help them to remember your promise. Do not grow weary in doing good. I want to give you an opportunity to pray right where you are. Your office, your living room. Uh, Maybe you're discouraged. Tell God that. And tell Him to help you to not give up. And remember, there's a delay between choices and consequences. You pray. Thank you, Father, for your word that it's true. And help us not become weary in doing good. In Jesus' name we pray.